tuning in, hitting the play button, and listening to this. Um, I'm Sal Barry. Along with me is Tim Parrish, and we are doing this as an yet untitled podcast. Instead of like spending three years coming up with the name for it, we figured we would just do it. We're going to talk about hockey cards and hockey, because uh, that's really what I know. Same here. So, what do you want to talk about first? How about them Hawks? Yeah, I am... Uh, I'm actually glad that they swept because it seemed like every time I was playing hockey, so were the Blackhawks. So I was missing their games, or some of my teammates who have season tickets, Lucky Ducks, would would go to the games, and 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 then my team would be you know short a couple of guys. So it's kind of nice that it, uh, it that it worked out. It gives it, it gives me a break from watching the Hawks, and I mean that in a nice way. Yeah, the. Ever since uh, my my boys, the uh, the Penguins, got wasted, I haven't been watching much because I've been a little busy. But the Hawks are always on everywhere you go, everything you look at, everything you see around here. So <clears throat> I have no choice but to pay attention. But uh, I, I was thoroughly impressed with the way they were able to manhandle the Wild. It's funny because when people ask me about the Blackhawks, the the one thing I've noticed about them, it seems like they're not even they're not really interested in playing unless things are difficult for them. It's like when their backs are to the wall, then it's like they destroy the other team. But like during the season, like you know, friends of mine would come up to me and they'd be like, "How could the Blackhawks lose? You know, one nothing or two to one to this 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 dorky team?" And I'd say, "Eh." They just weren't up. It wasn't like they weren't up to the challenge. They just weren't. It just seemed like they weren't up for it. It seems that like when they really have a tough team to play against, or when they really kind of put things, um, put themselves in a bad spot, then it's like they just they come back and they do. They that's when they play their best hockey. That's the difference between a good team and a great team. You know, as much as I'd like to say it, you know, the Penguins are a good team. They have elite players, but they want to find that that uh, that gelling of all of those players together you know Crosby and Malkin have been playing together for a long time but they don't have that connection that Kane and Taze have and having Kane out of the lineup for as long as they did and for him to come back and just not miss a step I mean it looked like he never missed a game that's the way he's been playing he played throughout that entire series yeah and uh somebody I forget which analyst was talking about it uh and actually we're talking about Lundquist uh, saying how like actually he's injured and um, how the time off is actually a little bit of a good thing for him because um, that time away gives an athlete the rest that they don't wouldn't get during the regular season. I, I know that sounds kind of weird, like well he's injured and that's obviously a bad thing, but the good news is is he's not you know practicing and and working as hard right now and he's actually giving his body some time to rest and heal and recuperate um i feel like that that applied with kane uh like you said he just stepped right in and and did fine yeah i mean it it really looked like he didn't miss a beat so you want to talk about uh the new op i keep wanting to call it opichi premiere but it's opichi platinum sure or actually you know what first let me let me just give a, a quick rundown um Opichi Platinum came out uh, a couple weeks ago. It's um, it's like twenty bucks for a blaster box of five. It's like four. No, sorry, blaster box of six. It's like four bucks a pack. Um, and then even like a, a a hobby box is like eighty bucks for twenty packs. So you're gonna pay like four dollars a pack. Um, 
they're they're like these thick, thick, shiny cards, kind of like the old Bowman Chrome cards. Um, uh, remind me a little bit of um, uh, what was that shiny Panini set Prism from last year? Prism, yeah, or Select, or Select, and you get four cards for like four dollars, and uh, it's like two hundred card base set. I want to say it's like a hundred rookies and a hundred veterans. Not a hundred percent sure. So, anyways, we got the boring details of the set out of the way. What, what do you think of of the cards? I like them because I'm a fan of the old chrome, the like the chromium finish on the on the cards. I always like the Bowman Chrome cards. Um, you know, Topps Chrome has been in my collection as far as like football goes. So, you know, I've collected those for a long time. I know some about some about the thickness of the cards and just that that extra mirror shininess to them is really good. It, it now. You know, there hasn't really been anything other than, as you mentioned, the Panini stuff from last last couple years that's had this. Upper Deck hasn't really had a chrome product, I guess, per se, um, that I can really think of. LPG Metal, that, that metal one that they did, what was that, 2008? I think they came out with the metal parallels. Yeah. They were a little different. I think they, those felt kind of flat, but these ones definitely, I'm a fan. That's for sure. What I really like about these cards a lot is um, when you think of like a shiny set like Black Diamond, those cards always look dark. It's like they're printed on foil, but they're they're dark. Do you know what I mean? Like they kind of like these like the colors pop. I have them laid out, laid out on my table here, and I'm looking at them, and like man, the colors just really jump off. I mean, this these these look cool. I, sometimes I make fun of shiny cards because I feel that like companies well really just upper deck but like they'd feel like oh well we need to add two holograms and an autograph and a jersey swatch and whatever but these just look nice I mean these I I just I'm really drawn to the colors just the way they they really just pull off the card you can see yourself in the Opeachy Platinum card bloggers and collectors and everybody else knows that scans cards on a regular basis Black diamonds are almost impossible to scan. I've scanned a few of these. They come out nice. They come out real nice. Just as an example, I was comparing it to the, uh, like a black diamond card, and you can see that the, the black diamond is, is much more flat versus this has got that more of a mirror pop to it. Almost reminds you of the old uh, Select Certified from, what was that, 96, 97 Yeah. Mirror parallels. Yes. That's kind of what it reminds you of. So the interesting thing, though, is I found that out of the blaster boxes, here's something that I thought was kind of different. As to other Opeachy, where you may pull one, two of the high number series with the rookies in them, the Platinum, I pulled a ton of rookies just out of one, pl- one blaster box. I was shocked. I think there's like, I think the set is half rookies and half uh, veterans and traded guys. And that would make sense, because I got way more than normal than what I was actually expecting. So, in a way, it's kind of like, if you remember the, the well, of course you remember the old, uh, the very first Opeachy Premier set, it was like rookies, like Yager and Fedorov, it was stars like Gretzky and Lemieux, and then it was like traded guys, who like, were not necessarily, like some great players like uh, Savard and Horachuk and Chelios, and then some not-so-great players who just ended up on new teams. And th- this seems to be kind of like the same thing, whereas like, you know, I got a Marc-Andre Fleury card, and I'm 
pretty damn near positive that he's in the regular Opeechee set, but then I got a Brad Richards card, and he's in a Blackhawks uniform, so it's it's kind of like an update, and then, you know, yeah. I got, like, a bunch of rookies, um, so I like that. This kind of, like, it kind of, in a way, it, it's like an addendum to the standard Opeechee set, but it's not like, I think one of the problems with traded sets is that because they don't have the stars, they just have the rookie and traded guys. So, you know, most rookies don't pan out. Most traded guys are like journeymen, right? Yeah, and you end up with a handful of, um, even more than a handful of players that people look at and they're like, eh, you know. Or, or they end up being guys that may have played one, two games for the team and even the fans of the, the team don't even know who they are. So... Right. So what's nice about this is that you have the you have the rookies, which are always the big draw. You have the traded guys, so that it kind of acts like an update set. But then you have the stars, so that it 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 also works as a standalone set. You know, because you have the big names in it. You know, one thing though that I really liked about this is that pretty much every single pack I opened had a had like a parallel. Or an insert. I got two of these retro inserts. I got one um, insert. I don't know all the names of the the like the parallels, but this one is numbered like to 199. That would be the white one. Yes, the white one. And then I got one that's kind of like super. It, it's almost got like a rainbow background, like when you hit it in the light. Those are uh, what did they call those? Probably rainbow. <laughs> I think it is. A, I think it actually is a rainbow. Those were seed. Those were supposed to be seed, like one out of seven packs or something. Yeah, like that. and then this one that has like the the weird pattern. I think it's called yes, tracks. Yes, that's called tracks. Tracks yes. making tracks. Yeah, I also pulled the goalie out of mine. It was uh, Martin Brodeur. I think I mentioned to you beforehand that it's very strange seeing Brodeur in a Blues uniform, sitting in front of the net. Oh God, that is uh, that's it's weird. It's very odd to see him like that, but thank God we don't have to see him like that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's the track parallel. It has like almost like a, a Tron looking background, as I call it. Yeah, so I I think I'm gonna actually I think the biggest endorsement I could give a give a set is if I'm gonna buy it or not buy it. And this is what I'm gonna put together um, eventually. Maybe not tomorrow, but this is gonna be something that I'm going to you know, put the money into, because I like the way it looks, and, you know, the best way to, you know, I think the best way to communicate to the card companies is if you like something, you buy it, and then hopefully sure. they keep making it. Did you pull any of the red or the blue out of there? No, no, just um, two retros, one tracks, one rainbow, one um, white, and then I think that's it as far as, but nothing red or blue or any of those colors. You didn't get any of the die-cut inserts either? No, did not. Um, I, they made the legend. The legends, uh, the rookies are included as regular base set, but they made the legend series as a insert. It's, they're die cut. They're oh, pretty wow. slick looking. I didn't get any, but I've seen them. So. And you know, I'll say this: at like four dollars a pack, you're looking like at a dollar a card. And I think that like at a dollar, like of course, I don't want to pay a dollar a card. I wish they weren't that much. I don't think they need to be this much. But um, then again, I don't work in the trading card industry, so 
I don't know what the production costs are, but... Well, less than a dollar per card, I can tell you that. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> like, I, I always feel like, I always felt like hockey cards have been, like, the past 10 years, hockey card prices, I thought, have always been pretty inflated because there's been almost no competition except for the few years with Panini, and that didn't sure. really do anything. Like, that didn't really, um... Oh. You know, like, like the thing that used to always irritate me was, like, a pack of Upper Deck Baseball say like 2009. I think I did this comparison in 2009. Pack of hockey cards, 3 bucks, 8 cards. Pack of baseball cards, 3 bucks, 15 cards. And I'm sure Major League Baseball is getting a bigger cut of the money than the NHL is getting, you know. I'm sure MLB has a little more uh, you know, a little more weight and can can demand more royalties. So I don't understand why like baseball fans would get more than You also have a lot more players too. That's true. Yeah, bigger sets. You have, you have much bigger rosters on teams and a bigger checklist. I mean, upper deck sets for a long time were, at least in baseball, were 700-plus cards. You you only had that back in the early 90s for hockey. As the years went on, it got smaller and smaller and smaller to the point now where you're at the 500, 550, or you know, six, 600 max as far as an upper deck set. So Right. And a lot of that's duplication in with, uh, you know, players being traded and putting them in Series 2 now, so... But, um, yeah, you... I don't know. I don't know the politics of it. There's people out there, a lot of people out there that know way more than I do as far as the way the production goes and, and how those licensings and royalties are, are set up. Well, do you want to... Uh, shall we finish things off with a, an old set? Sure. Let's do it. 89.90? So this would be, what, 25th anniversary of 1989.90? 25th anniversary of a lot of things. I mean, 1989 was a good year. Now I sound like an old radio DJ. 1989 was... Uh, that was an injustice for Metallica. That was 88, but really I got into it in 89. But um, yeah, so 1989-90, Tops and Opeachy. The last time it would be just Tops and Opeachy. So um, just a couple of things for people who aren't as obsessed with hockey cards as we are. Uh, 89-90, Tops and Opeachy. Okay, so for like... 25 years or something, Topps and Opeachy were the only companies making hockey cards, and this was the last year where it was just these two. What's unique about this year is that this was right around the time hockey cards started really taking off as uh, an investment to to speculators. Um, And so what happened was, usually Opeachy cards, even though hockey is bigger in Canada, Opeachy always or usually had a lower print run than the Topps card. That's why a Topps Gretzky rookie from 79-80 is easier to find than an Opeachy rookie because the U.S., even though hockey is not as popular, there's still a way lot more population and a way lot more hockey, uh, you know, NHL cities. Uh, and then also the Opeachy sets were, you know, bigger, so, you know, Gretzky would be one out of 264 cards in the U.S. and one out of 396 in Canada, but what, what I'm, the point I'm trying to get at is that in 8990, Opeachy went back to the press. They doubled down on the production, right? They doubled down on the production, and I remember summer of 1990, I remember every card shop I walked into, they just had boxes of 8990 Opeachy, and I was buying it because I'm like, oh, yay, these cards are from Canada, and even though I had a set, you know, 
it's like back then, if you had a set, then you would just want to get multiples of the cards that you liked, the rookies that you liked. Um, but unfortunately, they printed so damn many of these that the tops cards are actually considered the more desirable as far as, like, the, the rookies go in the set. As far as, like, well, you know, the, the Brian Leach rookie in the top set is the more desirable than the Opeachy version. That's exactly what you find, especially on the third market when you see people selling them. You always see the higher price tags on the rookie cards from the tops version than you do on the OPG. Never understood that because it's backwards. It's completely opposite in every other year except for that particular year. And then obviously going forward from there, then it was just overproduction of everything. So you know, value and and, and price and everything else has dropped considerably from that year forward. But that's probably the last year of a set that you'll actually see rookies that still. I don't want to say command a premium, but are still priced at more than a buck or two on occasion. So what do you think what do you think of this set? Did you buy it back in the day? I had the tops version. In fact I still have the tops version sitting right here as a set. You can see how yellowed and the cardboard has become over the years, but I still have the tops set that I put together. It was hand collated. Um, I don't think I ever got the Opeachy set all the way put together. I have tons of singles of it. I think you did get the Opeachy set. I, th I? I think you bought it for three bucks at the National oh, you know a couple years ago. I do see it sitting over there. Yeah. Tim and I were at a card show a couple years ago. I think it was a National, and this guy just had tons of 8990 Opeachy cards. Like, he had... He had complete sets of them. They were stacked. They were in, like, nice, neat stacks with uh, shrink wrap around them, I think. And he was selling them either for a dollar a set or $3 a set. It was, like, ridiculously cheap. And I just said, Tim, you need to have this set because it's a cool set even though it's overproduced. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always one of the sets that it's a good set, you know, as far as what's in there, as far as the, the rookie cards that you're going to pull of people. You know, you got Joe Sackick in there. You got Brian Leach in there. You got the first cards of, like, Theo Fleury in there. You've got um, Trevor Linden in there. I mean, you've got you've got all these guys that, that are Hall of Famers slash potential Hall of Famers coming out of that set. It's a great set, except for the fact that it was overproduced. And it, it's, it's one of those victims, one of those great sets that fell victim to that that era of cards, and um, I think it's a good value. Anybody that anybody that can find it out there, you're probably only going to pay a few bucks for a full set, and it's definitely worth having. And, I mean, even though the top set is allegedly worth more um, on the secondary market, I say just go for the Opeachy set because, one, you get more cards, and then also um, you get more cards... Um, 330 cards instead of 198 cards. You know, the backs are, are a lot brighter because it's printed on the OPG stock instead of the darker gray top stock. And then another thing is, is that there's really no differences. Like, like in the 70s and 80s, you had, like, the tops card might show, like, I'll give you a perfect example, um, 8788 Steve Thomas. The tops card... He's a maple leaf, and it says maple leafs. And the OPG card, well, it's the same photo, but they changed the border, and it says Blackhawks, and then there's like a little little line that says now with Blackhawks. Or like in the 70s, where they would just use a different picture, because OPG sets would come out later, 
this set doesn't do any of that. Not that I could think of. There's no one, there's no, all the cards look the same on the front other than, you know, swapping out the Topps logo for the Opeachy logo. No different jerseys, no different logos or anything like that. Same nice airbrush photos for a lot of the guys that they didn't have photos of. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, that's, that's a, you know, I want to talk about that really quick. Um, because this is something I'm, I'm probably going to write like a 9,000 word blog post on when I get the time. Um, there was a rumor that there was an error card of Randy Cunnyworth, and I'm going to say right now that uh, that card does not exist. And actually, in a conversation with um, Stephen LaRouche, who is now the editor of Beckett Hockey Magazine, he also told me that the card does not exist. And we, we talked about this for, we talked about this one card for an hour, and we're just like, yeah, there is no Randy Cunnyworth error card. It's only mentioned once in passing in the very first issue of Beckett Hockey, um, and then I've never seen it in 25 years of searching for it. What's, what's the error? Do we know what the error is? So the card... Oh, and that's the thing. So the card shows Cunnyworth with a Jets jersey painted on him. Very, very uh, Rembrandt-esque, I would say. Um, they even wrote Shearwood on the hockey stick or painted that on. So the article, and I don't oh, have the any... shrunken. I know which card. It is. That's the shrunken head card. Yes, I just found it. Just found it. The article says shows Cunnyworth with the Penguins. But it doesn't say if they mean it's a photo of him with the Penguins or if it means they changed the... it's a Penguins logo instead of a Jets logo in the lower right-hand corner. Um, the article just very vaguely says, you know, it, you know, the error card shows Cunnyworth with his old team. Hmm. Now the thing is, is that all of these guys who were trade, who have these these wonderfully awful airbrushed cards, like I'm look, just looking real quick, Tony McKegney and Pat Verbeek and um, what do we got here, Andrew McBain. Uh, a lot of these guys, what's common about them is they were all traded around the same time, and that was around the draft day. The thing is, is that Tops and Opeachy, if they were gonna airbrush a card. They would usually do it if they had enough lead time to do it, you know. I think that if there, if if a photo of Cunnyworth showing him as a penguin already went to press, they would have just let it go. They would have just been like, oh, well, he's, you know. Or they would have added that now with Winnipeg, you know, line at the bottom of the card or something. Right. So I don't think I don't think they would paint the card and then, like, use the wrong logo on it. You're right. I definitely agree with that. That was... When you brought that up, I couldn't remember which card it was. But yeah, I always called that the shrunken head card because anytime you got it, it always looked like he had this gigantic body and this little tiny head. Yeah, you know, one thing that drew me to the eighty nine ninety set. Um, well, one one thing I'd like to say is that that was the first time I went and I bought an entire box of cards and then just put together the set on my own. Because the previous year set, um, I bought that as a set in eighty seven eighty eight. By the time I collected hockey cards, 87, 88 cards were already like a dollar, dollar fifty a pack. So I couldn't put that one together as quickly. Um, but 89, 90, I just remember walking into the, the card shop and just spending eighteen dollars and buying an entire box and putting it together. And that's just one thing I really enjoyed. It was just like I told myself, 
I'm going to just buy a box, and not only will I get the set, I'll have extras to trade, I'll have hopefully all of the stickers, because um, remember the top set had the 33 stickers? Right. And then, um, oh, and then I'd also get four box bottom cards, so that was uh, that was a win. That's one thing I remember, and the other thing is, is that I like the fact that the borders weren't white. They had that blue at the top of the bottom, and then they kind of looked like they had ice on the side, on the sides, you know? Yeah, the... That was. This is also the first set that I ever bought packs of. Um, prior to this, I was a pretty much a baseball baseball only guy. This was the first hockey set that I actually found in stores, readily available, and was able to purchase packs. And I remember the very first pack that I opened had uh, card number one in the very first pack, and that was it. <laughs> and card number one was who? Uh, that would be Super Mario. Yes. Mr. Lemieux right there. Yeah. I believe he um, was card number one in the 88-89 set also. Yeah. And, you know, obviously growing up there, you know, he's your hometown hero. So, you know, that I was I was basically hooked at that point. I had other hockey cards, but they were ones I had obtained through trade and stuff like that. This was the first set that I ever bought with my own money. Not as a set, but as packs. I never actually put together the set at the time but um, eventually built it later on going forward once I picked up all the other missing pieces that I had and other of my friends that collected decided they didn't want hockey cards. So Now, when you said that you, you bought this in stores, the, the Topps cards, did you find them in, like, grocery stores, or was it, was it like, a card shop? We had card shops, but uh, most of the cards that I bought from PAX came from either the pharmacy the grocery store, or we had a store called James Way in the town, well, nearby town where we live, which is kind of like a Kmart, something like that. So those are the places I'd buy it. Because I could not, like, for the life of me, when, when I discovered hockey, I could not find hockey cards anywhere except for a local card shop um, that was a pain to get to, and the owner wasn't very nice, and so, you know, my mom didn't like taking me there because the owner wasn't nice, not because she didn't support any of my, uh, collecting habits, because she always did, but it's like none of the drugstores had hockey cards, none of the grocery stores, until the next season. Then, all of a sudden, you know, then they were everywhere, and that, that was great, because then I could just, like, literally just walk to any store and, and buy a pack of cards. Baseball was pretty much prevalent everywhere where I grew up, but I, you know, living outside of Pittsburgh, having Mario Lemieux there boosted hockey big time. I mean, prior to that, you know, obviously the Penguins were an expansion team, one of the first expansion teams when they when they bolstered the league. You know, obviously not one of the original six, and it, it, it always amazed me. And I think you and I have had this conversation before about how when I moved to the Chicago area, about how oblivious everybody was to the Chicago Blackhawks. It was like not until they started winning again, people start paying attention. You started seeing, hey, look, hockey stuff. Hey, look, Blackhawk stuff. And it was it was so bizarre to know that you had a team that's been around for that long and had that much history and half the people could care less versus, you know, I came from a town where, you know, hockey was huge. I mean, it was huge. There were local um, hockey leagues for youth. There were, you know, at any given time you can go up to a park or, or – down the street and see kids out on the street playing and and it was it was everywhere and obviously early 90s you know 90 91 91 92 having back-to-back -back stanley cup 
you know, having the president's trophy the very next year, even though they got beat by the Islanders. But, you know, that helped for the youth to actually latch onto something and be like, I want to be a hockey player. You know, they see that and everything else. So I don't know if that's what it takes, if it's, if it's just that winning or what. All right. So I think those of you who are still listening, thank you. Um, uh, we'll put you out of your misery now. Uh, Tim, any last words? No, I'll save my last words for later. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Thank you.